You're listening to PTC Point of View, brought to you by Preferred Trust Company, the preferred custodian for all alternative investments. We're here to provide retirement savers like you with the tools you need to succeed. Need a confidence boost when it comes to investing outside of the stock market? Do you want the power to build a tax-sheltered nest egg that will last through your golden years? You've come to the right place. Turn up your speakers and turn off cruise control because we're taking you on the alternate route to investing with your IRA. Welcome back to another episode of PTC Point of View, a retirement podcast by Preferred Trust Company. Today, we have Chris Tremblay, Director of Operations, interviewing Matt Allen from North American Savings Bank. Matt has been a loan specialist since 2003, and he is now the Vice President of Portfolio Lending at NASB. North American Savings Bank is one of Preferred Trust Company's service providers offering our clients with the ability to obtain a non-recourse loan to purchase property with their IRA. So without further ado, Chris and Matt, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. We really appreciate your time um, and helping us and our clients understand exactly what a non-recourse loan is and the advantages and who NASB is. So we'll kind of get started. Um, Maddie did a nice intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit about North American Savings Bank um, and what makes you all unique? Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the nice introduction, Maddie. And and uh, Chris, look forward to this podcast and just educating um, your customers on different aspects of self-directed IRA investing. Um, yeah, Maddie mentioned a little bit about North American Savings Bank, but we are a federal savings bank. We were founded in 1927. We have deposit branches spread out through the Kansas City metro area. Um, and then we focus on lending. Um, so we lend nationwide, all 50 states. We offer VA products, FHA, conventional loans. Um, and then we have our portfolio products, which includes our non-recourse loan products. So um, we do focus on portfolio lending um, and, you know, again, non-recourse lending is one of those niche products that uh, we're here to educate everybody on the, on the call. Awesome. So why don't you tell us what is a non-recourse loan for those of our clients that don't know exactly what it is? Sure. Um, and, and I'll do a little backstory first as far as how we actually got involved with this. Um, with non-recourse lending. Back in 2004, one of our deposit branch customers here in Kansas City, um, they wanted to buy two duplexes in the Kansas City area. Um, the catch was they wanted to use their IRA account, their self-directed IRA, but they had to find a specific type of loan, a non-recourse loan, um, because that's what the IRA custodian required due to IRS regulation. So um, we gave it some thought, and with the 50% down, a lot of equity in that low risk for a lender. So we went ahead and um, offered those two transactions or loans on those two duplexes. And then we took a step back and realized that there was an opportunity here that wasn't being serviced. And um, so in 2005, we officially launched our, our non-recourse lending program. And that's when I got involved and started marketing this nationwide. Um, and back to your question. Um, what is a non-recourse loan? Um, it's one where the only collateral for the loan 
is the property of the real estate itself. So there can be no recourse against the account holder, so the IRA account holder, or um, the retirement account. So, you know, in this case, it would be an IRA or it could be a solo 401k plan, whatever that self-directed IRA vehicle may be. Um, so if that property does go into foreclosure, let's say, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the investor can't make payments on a mortgage, then in this case, North American Savings Bank, we could only recover that property and then we would sell it in foreclosure and, you know, recover any losses, potential losses we could have. But if, let's say, the loan was for 100000 and we only sold it for 70000 we couldn't again, go after um, other assets by that IRA account holder, um, we would basically have a loss. And so most loans are recourse. Um, there are a few states that, you know, classify themselves as non-recourse like California, but, um, you know, there's a difference because they're lending to individuals and not retirement plans. You know, it makes, it's, it's very nice um, for the client to know that their other assets within their IRA are protected in the case of default. Um, mm -hmm. I think especially today when IRA account owners are investing in a multitude of alternative investments from real estate to precious metals, to digital currency, to startup companies, there's a lot going on in the retirement account. Um, so it does make it nice that the only recourse is that property. Yeah, that's a good you know point as far as, you know, if anybody's wondering, well, I own two or three pieces yep. of my IRA, it's only, the piece of real estate that has that non-recourse loan um, that would, you know, there's no other recourse towards those other real estate owned in the property, in the IRA. So, so tell me who's eligible um, for a non-recourse loan using their IRA. Do you have certain stipulations? Um, we do. Um, you know, there's, there's basically three ways you can acquire real estate within a retirement plan. Um, one is to pay cash outright. So you have a $200,000 piece of a single family home. Um, somebody has $200,000 in IRA, they pay all cash for it, own it free and clear. Second option is to partner with another investor. So, um, you know, Chris and Maddie, you go in together 50-50 with your retirement plans, acquire a property, but you don't have a loan. And then the third option, which we're focusing on is utilization of a non-recourse loan. Um, the minimum down is 30%. So due to the non-recourse component, you know, there is more risk for a lender. Um, so they want to, you know, at least have that 30%, 40% down um, to offset that risk. And, you know, it, it's also very rare for an investment property to cash flow properly um, with only say 10, 15% down. It just typically doesn't make sense. I mean, there's exceptions to that, but it's in my, I guess, in, um, the history I've had with this type of transaction, it, it doesn't happen very often. So, you know, due to that, that's the main difference is, um, you know, somebody's going to have at least 30, 40% down. And then we also want to verify that they have enough funds in the retirement account. And we would classify that as liquid assets, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, cash, um, anything that they could get access to for reserves. Um, you know, things happen, you know, you lose a tenant, you need a new roof, leaking faucet, all those have to be accounted for. Um, and, 
you know, has to come out of the retirement plan. It's not something that you can dip into your personal pocket and and pay for those things. So that that really needs to be thought through. Um, you know, when investors look into this opportunity. And I think that's a, a really good point too, is that the clients need to understand that payment for the loan has to come from the IRA. It can't be coming from another outside source or from their personal funds. At Preferred Trust Company, we require that 5% of the value of the property be held in cash in the account for situations like this. Because you are going to have things happen with properties. As you mentioned, you could lose a tenant or you have to have a major repair done or whatever the case may be. So we make sure that they have enough cash in the account um, to, to be able to maintain the property should anything happen. But you mentioned earlier minimum um, down payment, and I think you said 30%. Um, mm -hmm. So that was kind of our, our next question. What was the minimum down payment requirement? 30%, is that the average rate across the country? Is that, how did you come to that percentage? Um, you know, 30% has always been the minimum. Um, and, you know, other non-recourse loans, non-recourse loans are, are very common in the commercial real estate world. Um, and that's typically, you know, 30, 40, 50% down is required there. So it's not uncommon for a non-recourse loan. And that's, Again, where we can get comfortable, um, we know that it has an opportunity to cash flow. But I'll say that our average LTV over the years, the last you know almost 20 years, is has been around 62%. So while 30% may be the minimum, most of them are either choosing to put more money down, mm -hmm. or when you run the cash flow numbers, that's something that they're going to have to put more money down to to meet the minimum requirement. So yeah, it's case by case. You know, some areas of the country, you're going to have better, better cash flow. But, uh, you know, California, it's harder to cash flow. A lot of investors don't purchase there. They go elsewhere, you know, in other markets just to to both bolster that, that net positive cash flow. Absolutely. So are there any states that you all don't do lending in? I mean, well, can a person I'm right. sorry, can a person buy using their IRA? You know, for us, we, we really don't. Um, regulate or say where they can buy or purchase, but from the non-recourse lender standpoint, are there states that you'd rather than not purchase in? Um, you know, we lend in all 50 states and for a federal savings bank. I will say that we have, you know, there are a couple states that we look at closer and then New York is one that we typically steer away from and that's just um, past history, um, not necessarily with this product, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a judicial state the foreclosure process drags out and you know you can hold on to that um, REO um, as a bank for years and still not be able to sell it. You know, we're still required to pay the taxes, the insurance, the upkeep. So, um, but I, I would say everything about New York, we typically will take a look at, you know, we get questions sometimes, do we lend outside of the U.S.? You know, some countries, mm -hmm. um, let's say the Caribbean or some area, Canada, um, you know, from a, a lending standpoint, we don't allow that, but I know there are investors that that will look um, outside of the U.S. And, you know, there's that opportunity, but most likely you're going to have to pay cash because finding non-recourse lender, I, I, I haven't found one yet over the years that I could refer somebody to. Yeah. And for us, for, for preferred trust company, you know, we made that decision years ago as a company policy while while properties in foreign countries are allowable, we really don't. They are harder to administer. Like you said, it, it's it's a lot more difficult process. Um, and so we, we keep our clients purchasing within the United States. Um, no foreign properties for us. 
So what is the processing time frame for you all when a client comes to you and wants to obtain a non-recourse loan? Uh, we average, you know, typical 30 days. You know, that's, that's kind of the industry norm for requiring real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will add that when you're making an offer for a piece of real estate on a self-directed account, I would add an additional five days. The reason being um, the on the purchase contract and on title, it's going to be named in that self-directed IRA account. So when North American Savings Bank sends closing documents to the title company, let's say in Texas, you're located in Nevada. Um, so we're, and let's say the borrowers in Florida, well, the title companies get the closing documents. They're going to overnight them to the borrower in Florida to read and approve, which we require. Then they're going to send them to Nevada for you to execute, review all the documents. And, you know, you have to allow for your turn times for all your staff to accommodate everything. And then you send them back to the title company in Texas. So that's an additional three to five days that sometimes gets overlooked. So it's better on the front end to be aware of that when you're making that offer. So the seller understands, you know, you may make it 35 days out. Well, here's the reason why. It's not that we're trying to drag this out, but there's additional parties that have to review everything that are out of state. And that's a that's a really good point, too, is that when clients are purchasing property using a self-directed IRA, regardless of whether they're using a non-recourse loan or not, they cannot sign the documents for the purchase. They can, what you mentioned, they have to read and approve everything. We require that as well on our side. And then the custodian signs on behalf of the IRA. So yeah, there is some downtime for, for processing for all parties. And it's important, I think, to mention too, that you know if you are a client interested in using your IRA to buy property um, and, and also using a non-recourse loan with it, that you let the title companies kind of know uh, how that goes. Because not a lot of title companies are familiar with using a, a, an IRA to purchase a property and then you stick the non-recourse loan on top of that and really throw them for a loop. So I think right. communication between all parties is, is super important. I know for us, one of the first things that we offer to do is, is be in contact with the title company um, so that they can understand our processes and, and the turnaround times because they can be a little bit longer for sure. Yeah, that's that's very helpful. And I know on our end, well, we're not only educating the client, the investor, right. you're educating the title company in almost yep. every case because this is their first go around. Um, we have a three page, you know, intro letter that our closers send to the title company, you know, what to expect. Just like you said, it's, it's, yeah. it's a new experience for most, um, but can be easily overcome with, you know, a seamless transition. Definitely. Um, so then another kind of, option clients have, and we talked a little bit about this before we, we got on the podcast, was with an IRA LLC, um, mm-hmm. where the, the IRA owns the LLC, and then the LLC goes out and buys a property, and the LLC can obtain the, the non-recourse loan, and you do that as well, correct? Yeah, so um, North American Savings Bank will lend to any entity um, that allows for self-directed investing with real estate. Um, whether it's an IRA LLC, you know, you hear solo 401k out there now, mm-hmm. um, a partnership, but the two most common are in a self-directed IRA or an IRA LLC. And essentially, you know, I'm not sure if a lot of the 
listeners are familiar with that, but your your IRA basically is buying shares of the LLC. So they are members of an LLC, which gives you some checkbook control. That's kind of the uh, the appeal for that type of structure. Um, and um, But on our end, we really don't view it any differently. It's just how title is taken and, you know, how the purchase contract is written. Um, we're still going to analyze it from um, regardless of, of who's on title. We have this question, this next question a lot, where a client will buy a property outright 100% with their IRA cash and then want to refinance the property. Is that something that you guys offer? Yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely um, becoming um, popular over the years where, you know, let's say an investor five years ago found a single family home and they paid $200,000 cash from their retirement plans. They bought it free and clear. They didn't know you could get a loan, um, just weren't aware of it. Or, you know, maybe it was only a hard money lender that they could find at that time mm -hmm. and rates were <clears throat> in excess of 10% and they were paying three to four points and it just didn't seem financially a smart move. But if, if they own it free and clear, then we can lend to that um, retirement plan uh, with what we consider a cash out refinance. So all the loan proceeds, once the loan funds go back into the retirement plan, into the IRA. And so it's say it's a loan for $150,000. So that is cash now in the retirement plan and the investor can go out, you know, and acquire more assets, whether it's real estate or they want to buy tax liens, notes, whatever it may be, they have access to that money. So it's an it's a good opportunity to take advantage of something you already own. And you know, with appreciation over the last three years, um, you know, since 2020, especially with COVID, um, most of the markets around the country have seen a you know 10 plus percent increase in values, then you know, is that something they should look at possibly? And you know, we can help them with that. Great. So what are the requirements um, for the rental properties, the income requirements specifically? You hit on it earlier, you know, what is eligible for non-recourse loans? So when it comes down to it, the difference with non-recourse lending versus your typical um, real estate loan is we're only looking at three things, and that would be the collateral, make sure that that property is in rentable, livable condition. Um, second thing is, do you have enough money for the down payment and reserves in your retirement plan? And then the third thing is, how do we analyze that rental income? What, what requirements we have? So we want to make sure that the property has positive cash flow, and it's called debt service coverage ratio, or DSCR for short. Um, so we will determine that by the rent comps, the rent schedules that the appraiser provides us. So with, with each, each transaction, um, we are going to order a full appraisal with rent comps. So we're gonna get three rent comps and then they'll give us the average rental income. So, you know, if it's $2,000 the investor's expecting, the appraiser is going to have to find comps that can um, represent that number of 2000. And so that's how we're going to, you know, final underwriting would based on that. Um, so we're basically taking the 
gross annual income, so let's say 2,000 a month would be 24,000 a year. Then we subtract out all the expenses, which include um, the vacancy factor, your taxes, your insurance, real estate taxes, HOA dues if it applies, um, and then a property management fee that we use. Um, so then you deduct out all those expenses. That gives you your net operating income. And you know, since we're on audio um, only, I'm not gonna, I won't go into great detail, but you're dividing the, the annual principal and interest payment by that NOI, net operating income, and that gives you a number. And a debt service ratio, uh, DSCR 1.0 is the break even mark. Um, we like to, on single family homes, see like a 1.0 to 1.2. So that would mean 10 to 20% positive cash flow once all those expenses have been deducted. Um, and so the great thing about this, this type of loan is um, that's the income that's used. So we're not looking at your, your current employment, um, the income from your nine to five job. Um, we don't even ask because it's irrelevant with this type of transaction. So um, it, it's really beneficial for those investors that you know, maybe they're retired or they own their own business and they take a lot of deductions and they can't show a lot of income either. Well, again, it doesn't apply since it's really an isolated case of what's this specific property cash flowing and what can the investor and also the lender expect moving forward as a good, good gauge based on what the appraiser can document. Thank you. I think that that will help clients really understand, I think, because sometimes they wouldn't know what the advantages are of the non-recourse loan. And I think that's a huge advantage. And one other thing I'll add too is, um, you know, it's not a credit-driven decision, this type of loan. Um, you know, most of the investors have A-plus credit because they're in this position for a reason. And over time, they've, you know, done very well. Um, but the, this type of loan doesn't show up on your credit report either. <clears throat> so if you are acquiring real estate in your personal name or your you know, personal residence, um, this won't impact your DTI, your debt to income ratio or other type of loans. So that's, that's also another added benefit. What about fix and flips? Do you offer non-recourse loans for those clients that want to purchase a property, rehab it, and then sell it? Um, we are more in the business of long-term rentals. So um, that's, that's never been our bread and butter, um, the, the fix and flips. I know a lot of investors take advantage of that and there's definitely a market for it. Um, you know, as a non-recourse lender, we're, we're looking for somebody that's buying, holding. Um, but again, that's, if that's your objective and that's what you're good at, you can pay cash for those properties, flip them, make some money that way too, or and you probably have more options with the hard money lender or private lender that access to those if you know it's going to be a short-term loan let's say a 12-month balloon i was going to say what is your what is your short-term loan what is um what is the time frame um yeah if an investor is looking for a fix and flip you know a lot of times it's going to be a 12-month loan that they're going to acquire that and then you know, they're going to make the improvements, put it back on the market, and then that hard money lender is going to want their their money as quickly as possible so that's they good. can go out and use it towards another another deal. Um, but again, that's not 
what we've got involved with, you know, because the collateral is, um, I mean, the, the real estate is 100% the collateral. We want to make sure that those properties are in, in good shape at the time, because if, if we were to take one back historically, those are the deals where a lender a lot of times will lose money because there's no floor for how low those will sell. Because if they're in a distressed condition, something happens, then, you know, who knows where it could end up. Um, so we just have decided not to, to get involved. Gotcha. Um, what documentation is needed to go through the, um, the loan process? Um, as I mentioned earlier, because you're not qualifying individually, it's, you know, there's less documentation you have to provide. Um, basically, we have our loan application that's on our website, um, copper, copy of a driver's license. Um, we need your most recent IRA statement to verify the funds in the account. Um, we do allow reserves to be in a, you know, if you have multiple accounts with okay. preferred trust, it can we can use those as long as they're retirement funds, those can be used as reserves and they're they're liquid funds. Um, <clears throat> so that's real to get it get started. Um, it's that application and then your your balance statement. Um, we do have a quick one page form. I, I always recommend that investors fill that out first before the application where this is the property I want to buy. Here's the cash or here's the rent, taxes, insurance, um, the address. So we can do a quick scrub. Um, we can have our loan committee look at it same day and get an answer back to them. So if they're, hey, I want to make an offer on this property tomorrow. Is this one qualified? Does it make sense from your perspective? And get back to them and offer that pre-approval letter. So when they go on with that offer, they have you know an advantage over some other potential buyers. Definitely. Right. Is there anything that you want to share you think is important that the clients and investors know about a non-recourse loan um, that we haven't covered today? Yeah, I would say, you know, diversification. If this is something new you're looking at um, and you've always been into equities, the stocks, the bonds, mutual funds, and real estates, maybe you're a realtor, um, real estate attorney. Um, it's something you know and understand. I would I would really look at this option um, because, you know, there's that opportunity to not only diversify your asset classes within your retirement plans, um, but you can also, instead of acquiring one piece of real estate for $200,000, um, you have the opportunity to buy multiple real estates using debt finance. So, you know, using other people's money um, has been around for a long time and it become you know, relevant, more relevant when you're acquiring rental real estate because you have that, the tenant's monthly rent to offset that mortgage payment. So, you know, we find clients that, you know, they start with one, get their feet wet, understand the process. Oh, that wasn't, you know, what I expected as far as being complex. And then they all buy two, three, four properties in their self-directed plans. And, you know, they've been happy with and satisfied with, with the results. <clears throat> you know, something with I'm sure a lot of investors are like, well, what are the rates? You know, what? Uh, how much does it cost? Because it's not recourse loan, your your interest rates are going to be a little bit higher. I would say one to one and a half percent higher than the current conventional rates. So, you know, if 
if you can get a loan for 6% now on your, your own primary residence, we're probably going to be in the seven and a half, seven and three quarters rate. And we do have 1% origination fee, which is pretty standard for residential investment property. Um, so that's, that's something, um, just to answer that question, it's probably in fact of a lot of um, the listeners' minds. I think you know, that's a good point too. A lot of clients, you know, when they call us and they want to get a loan, they don't understand why it has to be non-recourse. So can you speak to that a little bit? Like they don't understand why they can't just go to their, their bank around the corner and get the same loan you would for your primary residence. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this has been an option since 1974. So this is nothing new. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wall Street's done it best possible to keep it as a secret. Um, you know, it's not to their benefit to let everybody let the cat out of the bag and know that it's an option. So, you know, you know, preferred trust and some of the other your competition out there um, may not have as big a budget as say, you know, some of the, the brokerage accounts firms out there, but it, it's a necessary product. And, um, you know, Wells Fargo or Chase, uh, I know when we first started out, with this option that they were introduced to it by some other custodians, but they just didn't feel it was, there was enough volume necessarily, or, you know, all the research and time they'd have to spend on it. So the big boys have never got involved with it, which is fine for us. You know, we're a mid-sized bank and um, it's portfolio driven portfolio products. So it's right in our wheelhouse. Most banks, when they hear the word non-recourse, they're going to make it a short conversation and refer you to somebody else um, that that is an expert in this type of, of lending. So um, that's you know the answer to your question there. It's just there's not many lenders that offer it. Uh, you know we haven't seen in the last 20 years, so I assume that's going to remain the same. But you never know. You know if if there's more lenders that start to offer, that means that the industry's really grown, and that that would be a good thing too for all of us. Um, as far as, you know, the property type. So, you know, most investors are buying single family homes, some want to buy condos, which is perfectly fine on our end. I guess some unique property types we, we typically don't get involved with. So that would be like farmland. Um, you know, we are looking for a true occupancy on the property. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think what else would be this disqualified like a um, condo hotel sometimes it depends on the square footage you know if it's 250 square feet you know we have minimum square footage but uh, if it's you not know, a standard single family one to four units you know duplexes three to four units is fine um, we also have a commercial department that they will look at commercial transactions too so if you have um, listeners that that's their expertise um, we can also look at those too and that's going to be you know, similar or comparable to probably closer to 40% because of it is commercial. Um, but that, you know, that's always an option too. So I, I would just state that if it's unique to a lender, most non-recourse lenders are going to pass on it. Um, you know, if there's two or three single family homes on one parcel and the reason for the uniqueness why lenders pass, it turns out that we have to take it back in a foreclosure. Um, it's a lot harder for a bank to market that product and sell it because you're going to have less buyers, potential buyers for it. Um, that would be the case, say, for a hundred acre farm that's, you know, hundred miles from the um, largest, from a large city. So 
again, you're not going to have much traffic for potential interest in that. So lenders are not in the business to sell homes, so they want to get them off the books as quickly as possible. And do you take homes back? How often? How often do you? Not not very often. So our our delinquency rate for this product is lower than any other product that we have. So I think that speaks to itself that, um, you know, we're trying to put the, um, the investor in a good position, not only for themselves, but also something that makes sense to us. So, um, you know, that the investors, as I mentioned earlier, is they, they got to this point in their life where they've done something right typically. And it's, you know, had these retirement funds, they want to diversify their, um, maybe a seasoned investor, and this is just another avenue for them, and they're um, responsible with the decisions they make, and it, it works out well for everybody involved. And Matt, if anyone is interested, how do they reach out to you or find more information? Yeah, the easiest way is iralending.com um, or nasb.com. Um you know, we have our toll-free number, 866-735-6272, which is found on that website. And I will say, anybody that's listening, um, we have a book, Leverage Your IRA, Maximize Your Assets with Real Estate, Your Profits with Real Estate. Um, if you send us an email um, to iralending at nasby.com, we'll send you a free e-copy of that book. Um, you know, we sell hard copy. It's great. I've read it several <laughs> times. So. Okay, great. Yeah, Good. Um, so we have that e-version now, and that's typically how we've been handing that out to customers since it's been out for a few years. Um, so again, if you reach out to us, more than happy to give you a copy. It's a good resource to learn about how do you get a non-recourse loan? How do you sell it up a self-directed account with preferred trust? What are the uh, prohibited transactions? Because that's that's something to take in consideration, too, is what you can and can't do. Now, I, I know 100%. preferred trust you do an excellent job of explaining that, but, you know, everybody needs to make sure when they dive into this, they're not creating something that could be considered taxable events, which um, could create some issues and, and nobody likes to pay taxes, especially when you weren't expecting them. So, you know, I would recommend that. And there's other good books out there too. Just educate yourself, um, talk to somebody that's done this already. It's always good to learn from, previous experience, whether it's a realtor that's been involved or um, real estate attorney, um, other investors in your area, you know, go have them, you know, meet them for lunch, see if they're willing to give you, this is what worked, this is what didn't work for me, this is what, what to look out for. I, I think that's really always high on my list is educate yourself before you take the first step. And then, you know, there's opportunity out there um, to be, to make money with real estate. It's always been a, a great asset class and will continue to be. Absolutely. And I think that education piece is very important. So our listeners can always call Preferred Trust Company. Um, we can help you with that. And we can link you with NASB if you need that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for coming on and joining us today. We appreciate it. I know I learned quite a bit. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks Good. so much. We appreciate your no, time. I appreciate you having me on. and. Uh, you know, again, any of your investors can reach out to us direct and I'm more than happy to help them. I know we've worked with you for a lot of years and we have. appreciate the partnership and everything you do. So again, thank you and uh, appreciate the time. Thanks. 
thanks for joining us for another episode of PTC Point of View, where retirement savers meet alternative investments. Know someone who's struggling with their retirement strategy? Tell them about our show. Can't wait for the next episode to learn more? Visit our website at preferredtrustcompany.com or give us a call at 888-990-7892.